Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Planet 30 podcast. We would like to thank you for your support over the past six months. Thank you to everyone who shared, downloaded, streamed, or even recommended our podcast to a friend. To all, we are truly grateful. This 50th episode also marks the start of our monthly partnership with VP Records. VP Records is legendary. They have been a pioneer in the production and distribution of Caribbean music for over four decades. If you like reggae and dancehall music, trust me, you have heard music touched by VP Records in some way. Each month, Planet 30 and VP Records will collaborate to provide fans with music, conversation, and exclusive interviews with artists. This, our 50th episode, features an exclusive conversation with music producer and director Damien Gale, as well as actors Zebeck Nelson, TV Boss, and Paul Houghton. Without further ado, here is part one of episode 50. Damien Gale is an extraordinary filmmaker who is showing Jamaica's talent, culture, and vibe through his lens. He has worked with some of reggae and dancehall's top artists, both as a music producer and as a music video director. His videos have changed how storytelling is approached in reggae and dancehall videos. This is the story, thus far, of Damien Gale. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. In the 1990s, Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson were known for playing both baseball and football. The person I'm interviewing now is like that, but for the arts. This guy is an awesome music producer and an awesome filmmaker. Damien Gale, welcome to Planet 30. Ah, boy. <laughs> So, Devin, tell tell me, what, tell us, what was childhood like growing up in Waterhouse? Ah, uh, um, my mom, my mom was in Canada at the time. I was growing with my dad, uh, so we always have to stay in the house. You know, I grew up in a really just family type of vibes. Um, it was always about trying to get outside to play. Uh, mom would get, uh, have games. I would have the Nintendos and stuff that to keep me in the house, but I always wanted to go on the road. As much as I can remember. Um, I w- wanted to get a bicycle and just go on the road, but no, they w- they needed me to be in church. They needed to me-, me to be safe. And no, being a parent, no, I can't see why they would want that. So growing up was a lot of um, like I remember a lot of kids around, and yeah, a lot of a good childhood vibes, a lot of lot of games and 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 creative vibes in terms of building houses and trying to you know play doctor, play you know them type of vibes. Eh? Mm-hmm. And of course, Waterhouse is the part of uh, town that brought us Beanie Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very, it's a very, um, what would I call it, a musical era. There is not a time that they don't, I know other places are like that, but in Waterhouse, I think there's an extra amount of sound system that is around. Because Waterhouse is pretty much a big era still. So, yeah, from Jamies come all the way up to Samarkand, where like, you on a Friday and a Thursday and a Sunday, 
uh, and a, uh, generally on a weekend, music all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, I remember one of one of the moments then when I, when I start falling in love with music. I remember the uh, first song I hear, first dancehall track I hear, um, was uh by Supercat. Sometimes Sabaka Samara Alibak Yarud, but I just fall in love with that song. I think I was like maybe fourteen or something like that. Interesting, big yeah. tune, big tune. I remember that. Big tune. It does it grab me, and there was like just down the road, somebody was setting up a sound system. I think the sound system. I don't remember the name of the sound system, but they all it was all records them time there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I was just a hang out there and just I get introduced to the the, the the whole sound system, the whole thing of setting up the big box and the thing going on the turntable, the needle and and how they play the records and how they, you know, as a little youth, it does it seem as we say like outer space. We never understand, but it was very, very interesting to me. The days of the 45s. Yeah, the days of the 45 and the LP and stuff like that. And I guess it was a little youth, man. And and we used to help the, the man. Just being there, you know, like when kids hang around. You know, you probably don't know the kid. I was one of those kids that's just hanging around. And if they I say, pass me this, we just pass it to them. Just to want to be in the in the environment of the music and hearing the bass and, and the stuff like that. So I remember music was a very, very, very... um um crucial part are like a, more, a very impersonation impersonation of what I see music as at the time as a child right right now you, you yeah. mentioned the, the first song that made that t- tremendous impact um, Ghetto Red Hot but yeah. what was the first um, if you can remember you know the first images that, that they really started to shape you into in terms of appreciating the visual Oh, that come way after. This is not after going, going. Cause remember, I, I grew up in a, like a Christian home, so I was in the church and I was self-taught to play instruments. So I was playing the keyboard, the drums, the bass. I tried the guitar a little bit, kind of look a bit difficult. Um, and then after that, now uh, as we said, the community is filled with a lot of musicians and 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 sound system. So after the church I went uh, there were some other guys in the community like Bob and they was my neighbor so right. they would have they, they would have like a band system set up where they would rehearse and from get into the settings there it was all a different ball game where I start get introduced to studio and stuff like that so the first thing I started to be a producer first so I started learning to build rhythms they, they actually um, recruit me into the band to be a keyboard player and sometimes I would play drum and I would go on the night coast with them and play on the weekends while having a job as an electronic technician I was one of those guys that would come at your house and install the alarm system a camera system if you want your alarm system set on your car and automate your house and stuff I was doing that job and then when I get the time I would go and play with the band on weekends and the hotels for the tourists and stuff like that wow and being wow. around these yeah it was a lot of things being around these guys that took me to the studio and i would see this thing i remember going to this to the studio to, to meet gizmo which is that guy who uh influence is one of the biggest influence when i went to his place he had like a a, a, a like in, me, in his house just set up like a spaceship so i talk so much about space that's how i did like the, the whole setup he had as a studio is the first time I'm seeing something like this. So I was like, oh, wow, this is where you, this is how you build beats. This is how beats come together. And already knowing how to play keyboard and drum now, it's just a matter of getting the software to put all the ideas that I have together and, 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 and created a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So creating the rhythm, 
lead me to doing a producing. Um, I was really more interested in producing than playing for playing for artists. I used to tour with Phantom Moj as a keyboard player and a sound engineer. Um, it's something I like, but I never really loved it because I have to learn too much songs, and uh, <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just was too much work. It was a lot of work. You have to listen to a lot of songs created by others, and I'm a creative, so when I would be playing the keyboards. I would want to add my own vibe. I, I, from early, it was clear that I would I wanted to create more than follow. Right. So I get bored easily, you know. So I'm um, doing that. So so you're growing up. You're not allowed to listen to strictly the best. That's out of the question. Right. Definitely. <laughs> but then you, like you said, you would Bob Andy and and, and Gizmo uh, from Raging Fire. The, right. Well, let me ask you this. At the time when you were hanging with these guys, did you sort of understand the impact that they had outside of Jamaica? No. Definitely. Because that name, I wasn't seeing nothing else. And to these guys, they were like heroes to me. You understand? They're, they're just to, they're because as a musician, we understand how much work it takes. We, under, we understand how much work it takes to kind of actually learn the instrument and perfect it. And, you know, it's a lot of work. So when you see somebody at the top of the level in, in understanding their instrument, you look upon them like these guys were like superstars to me in them own self. Mm-hmm. You understand? It's not even necessarily who, how people see them outside. is how I look at them because me want to be like them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So because because uh, uh, yeah, I respect the musician them. As a musician myself, is a lot of work. So I, I, I never really like look at it that way in terms of seeing you know the whole the world will look at them. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. Talk right. to us about dedication. I know that there was a period in time where you ended up sleeping in the studio, and it was you know sort of hard yeah. times. All right, so. This was when my mother was back home now. My father died, and then she had to come back to Jamaica. And, um, you know, she, she, she kind of come back and kind of researched. I haven't seen her for maybe like eight, eight years. Um, mm. She was just working and trying to get us into Canada. And because of my, fa- my father died, and um, there was no one to take care of me and my, my sister. So uh, she had to come back and kind of like reset her life again after eight years and stuff. So it was during those times, you know, I was like, um, I was like, I'm more involved in music, but a uh, couple of years, fast forward a couple of years, um, doing the electronic job, as I said before, and doing the music, uh, it came down, I, I, it, my, my boss at the electronic store one time, because this type of job I used to do, I do welding, and uh, I, I use all of the, the tools them um, to cut the road and lay pipes and cement and stuff like that. Okay, okay. At those type of jobs, so I was doing a, a job at the airport in Montego Bay where I was putting in an automatic gate for where the, the gas for whatever it is. And this is just like a couple of hours away from Kingston. I came. It will leave. I would normally leave work very late, like reaching home like two o'clock in the morning. Then have to try to reach work eight thirty in the morning. And one morning I reached like an hour later, half an hour late, and the boss said to myself, I'm come late again and go and fire me. And that's when something sparked up in my brain. And that was the sign. Yo. Yeah, that was the sign. Like, yo, man, it is hard work, hard work and it's like my life still depends on this person. If you tell me if I have money or not, I have a job. I need to do something that only depends on me. 
and 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 it depends and because even though he would fire me he could die too you know and if me leave and get the next job is the same scenario so um we decide i want while thinking about that and i was thinking about music but at that moment i didn't even know if music that would make me survive at all it was just the love it's just being around music is like you know, like some people would have smoked for chill or some people that go to the beach or whatever. The music was that thing for me to keep my soul at peace and at the same time being creative and creating something. So uh, that's when I left the job, obviously my mother wasn't proud of it. And you know, the old Caribbean vibes, yo, can't stay in my house, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't stay at the house. So I was at a studio and made up kind of like live at the studio for a couple of years, just working on my craft. Um, it, 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 some people might say it's obsession, but I was hearing that I was obsessed with music from in the church anyway. Um, but uh, it's a dedication because there's so much room for growth that I could not stop. Right. right? And it, 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 because... There is no level that you actually reach. Even right now as I speak, there's still more levels. Right? Indeed. So it's a it's a it's a it's something that keep you just keep learning, you keep learning, you keep growing, you keep learning. So that's the push. That's the push that kept me because once I attain one era, there's just another era to go to. So I start learning to build the rhythms, I start recording artists, then I start learning how to make the artist sound, then I start writing songs. I have few hit songs that is actually I wrote them and demo them and give it to the artist. Um so it's different eras. I start learning how the melody should work, how the progression of the rhythm, tempo of the rhythm, going to parties, how people move. There's so much things that factor into creating just the music. And that's just the music alone. And then the visual part now. So this is what happened now. Back to your question. Mm-hmm. So now I'm producing songs. And the next level now is to have a visual. Right. You know who don't have no money if you do being a, the director and stuff like that? <laughs> Artist. <laughs> I don't have no money for produce this, the, the video. I could produce a song. I could mix the song, make the rhythm, vice the artist. So, not to cut you off, but this is like after you've done like Fresh Meds Rhythm and, 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 and the whole compilation, etc., right? No, this was before because my first hit song was by Was. No lock off the song, officer. And I did that song, reproduced that song, and did the video. Okay. So, a lot of people don't know I have those tracks because at those times, because of a young producer, some of these artists don't give me no respect. You understand them never really understand the work ethic that I had to put into the work for really make it work. And then I'll give him a follow-up, which was, uh, um, Africa, if they get the youth temple, that one mm-hmm. played on the BBC, that was another song after that. And then it was another year after that I did Fresh Mets, right? within that same time. It was within that same time that I did uh, Fresh Meds Rhythm. It was my first compilation. How, but look, how, did, how did that feel at that moment? You know, when, when Fresh Meds, like, was your first boss, basically. How how, how was that feeling? Oh, boy. Um, it was great to hear the song playing on the road. Like, me, I drive, end up on the highway, and stop and hear somebody play the song, and me, I say, yo, it's a nice feeling for sister people who appreciate your work. And it don't stop up until today. It's just how people react to your work and appreciate it at home. They make the um how it, 
how this, your product makes somebody feel and, and stuff like that. Um, that's the appreciation of that make, you, make me feel like more and continue. Sometimes you're looking for the industry to respect and appreciate your work, but it's really the people. You know, the people that you see walk and have it on them headphones and motivate themselves or whatever the song I give them, you know, to kind of continue. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great feeling when you see somebody like that. And sometimes I just did it and just watch them and I really tell them to me, you know, I just enjoy that. Like one time in a restaurant and one of my music I play, I think, um, the Think Twice compilation and somebody sing Rasta got soul line for line and them just into it like that you can't see me just say boy look at that me look at that like that is where the appreciation is that's why you see artists like going on stage and like performing the song because once it make people feel good it, it just feel like there's this connection that that happens between people and your music resonating through people and and, and making you be one with with, 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 with the world in, in a sense so there's no much much greater greater um feeling than that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, just for the record, who are some of the artists that you've produced for? Okay. Uh uh Mr. Phantom Moja, Sir Ford, uh Turbulence, Anthony B, um Loot and Fire, Conscience, Vibes Cartel, um uh DeMarco. I'm mean, just a call names so you probably know. Um, of course. It's a Jamil. Uh huh. Um, Vice Meal. Uh, it's a, a long list. This is uh, the I'm, this is the who's who of the dancehall and reggae world. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just that I'm just not that person if I kind of go out and be like, hey, like this is the first like first settings that I'm doing this interview, and I've been having hits since 2009. Wow. And this is the first I'm actually kind of like, uh, okay, let people kind of hear my voice when I sound like and stuff and blah, 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 you know. But I, I've always been, you know, because I'm always in the lab working, so I, sometimes I don't have the time. Sometimes so, you need to take a break for people. People need to hear this. Y- yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and this situation calls for me to kind of go out. I produce the, the, the stays already, man. I never really like jump out and be like, yeah, it's me and stuff like that. I just appreciate that the work. That people appreciate it, you know. They most definitely. I want. I want to. I want to. I want to take you back a little bit, though. Um, into the you were speaking about your early days of video and not having, you know, the equipment, the software, etc., and learning that aspect of the business. <laughs> tell us. Tell us a bit more about that. Okay, so basically, not having the money and having the equipment to use. Um, I remember at the studio there was like this like a camcorder. So I start. What one thing I realize, um, I've been doing, and conscience one time says something to me. A couple of years after, and him say work with what you have. But I realize that is what I was been I've been doing over the years. Never really look at it that way. Work with what you have, right? And if you have friends, if you have people who would help you, if you have a, a equipment or daily hour, but it still can do something, work with what you have. You understand? Until, you know, make the best of it. So, at the time, I remember, after big up Asha, there's a, a, a guy here in Jamaica that rents equipment. And um, he always believed in my talent. And sometimes he would just allow me to get the equipment for free. And I have a few other people that would help me to... to um. To, to, to get the product done. Mm-hmm. I was mainly just getting the rental of the camera. 
um, to use. Some people would give me the, lend me the camera and I would have to shoot something for them and then I get a free day to use it. Like them look at something, you know? Right. So, so, so that was the whole vibe. But, um, me shooting video, never really, I never have no experience, I never sure about what I was doing. It was like, as I said, a learning thing. So I was like, like learning on the job at the same time. So I, I, I had, I had my products and I had my songs and I needed to do video for them. I never have money for do it. So I just learn, go on YouTube, read what I need to read and just figure out the software and start putting it, putting it together. This is when it started to take off. This, I've been doing that from 2009 up until 2000. Ten, I think, doing some of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011. Then I got a camera finally for myself to save up enough, and I got this um, Canon 7D camera. Ah. And yes, I got that. That's the first camera I own. And so I think this was 2011. Um, Delos, um, rest in peace, and bridging that for life, isn't it? Um, me and him got an earplug to pick up the camera. And we were working on a song at the time called What Tomorrow May Bring Nobody Don't Know, Nobody Don't Know. So we did do the first verse and then run God uh, to pick up the camera, come back and finish the song. And then we do a test shot with the camera. Right? With Delos in my, in my studio. Right. At least my home. When I'm in my room, I just fling up on my mattress and sing. Whatever. <laughs> and, um, and video it. And it come out clean. His brother is conscious. Okay. So them, so them see that. And I was like, yo, this clean. Yo, come shoot a video for me now. You understand? They said start from me now. And during the same time, we did meet Busy. And um, Busy was always one of my favorite artists from before me even decided to move on the music. Because my always under, in frequency always. He had the range of frequency from low frequency to high frequency. That any melody him sing, it sound melodious. Yes, 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 indeed. You understand? Yes, indeed. So if him depend on a hip-hop rhythm or a dancehall rhythm or a one-japper thing, he will fit in. Because him range of vocal is just like that so now always very busy for because of that because we didn't understand it and, understand. And, his, and his tone is so different to everybody else too yeah very different you understand so we could have identified that so me always very busy so my busy nervous me busy and i said you're busy really you know me, me did want to ask him for, for advice for me i mean if he did want me just man i don't remember how that day that it worked out but in the cool and him never really you understand that's why i met busy in 2011 and from them time, they were apart. Because, mm. you know, busy, as much as all, me did come there and I was sleepers and sit and take taxi and thing, him still give me respect. And him end up vice two songs for me the next day after me meet him. Wow. You understand? As a man, we're not, uh, we're basically unknown. Right, 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 right. So, 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 in exchange, what I could have done for him is just use my little 7D camera and shoot a little thing for him. You see what I say? Wow. And the first thing I shot for him was um um him and DJ Major stick to the girls, so you know we not astray. I could think them just shoot a little thing for him. So that's how it gets started. And Conscience. when when those seventies came out, it was like oh <laughs> yeah, it's like holy grail. The, the, the image <laughs> the image that they were producing, man. Yeah, it was like the holy grail them time there. So basically, what happened now? Business signal manager at the time, Shane Brown, 
Um, they both of them talk and say, yo, they're going to make me shoot their music video. This time, me nervous now because me is not like a music video director. Right. Like, I mean, I see myself that way. It's, it's okay for me to do some behind the scenes and some little simple thing that is not stressful. But the, the, the challenge I wrote put, was put placed. And like with everything else that I've been doing in terms of music, I just rise to it. You understand? So, I shoot a conscience video. The first video I shoot for conscience when they, when they see me have the 7D was um, Bubble Gala Bubble. Bubble? Bubble Gala Bubble. That song there. So let's, so then, let's, so let's stick a pin there. My goodness, what a video! <laughs> you let, let let's just suffice it to say you must have had a wonderful day as a director. <laughs> yeah, in the early days, in the early days, yeah, man. Them time they, when we just see oh what dancehall is now and really like okay, this is what it really is being done to to capture these type of image. Yeah, but um, I but I th- I think I mean and and uh, you're a very humble individual. But I will go out on a limb and say that video sort of was a, a definitive video. When you look at the history and timeline of music videos yeah. in dance hall, that video was a definitive video. It changed the right. the trajectory of how things were shot. Right, because because I, it was coming from somebody who really never had no experience in me. That's a go with what I think I would like. Like, me I choose angles and stuff where, like, like we never know about, about no rule of thirds or depth of feel. Or, we don't know nothing about them something. Turn on the camera, and if it look all right to me, now the camera, that's what I'm going to shoot. Yeah, you have a very young Ramesh in there as well. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, Ramesh was in it and, and stuff like that. All of them people will still link up on them type of thing. As we say, it's just me just not like do that something like everybody else. Because I um, like to protect my energy and, and I don't think I'm strong in the sense of like dealing with every type of people that come around me. Right, right, right. But you understand? Even in, even in those days, in, the, in, the, in that beginning time, you could see that you were crafting yourself as, as a filmmaker and I mean, obviously, the result of it is no seen it before and and stay right. so. But even the the dialogue that you had in the beginning of that video, you right. see where you were already trying to do, yes. yeah. Do, yeah, and it comes from the production of music because I started to learn how to write song that sounds like it's a story. Ah, so we'll be in the studio with the artist, or if I write the song. It would be a storyline. Okay, what happened in the second verse? Third verse going to 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 like like conclude stuff. Like the chorus should have should be the the, the um the title or the whole entire piece. And I would be writing, helping the the, the artist write the song in a storyline. So and then me I figure out. Okay, sometimes I would do the song and then fix the rhythm after to match it. So everything kind of seem like a story. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you listen to the song, even if you listen to um, the lack of the sound officer, you have a part in the song where, like him say, uh, like him start get a little bit more, like there's a tension between him and the police that happen now. And then made up for playing some strings, like, do, 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 like, a little, like, like when you watch an action movie, you hear the little music come up to kind of heighten your, 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 your blood pressure and make your heart start jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I've been doing that storyline thing in the music itself. So when we transfer over to the music video, only that me know for do okay, me have to have a beginning, end, and a conclusion. Right. That's all the way me can can look at it. 
You understand me? Try to do a lot. I also I can do videos that are just like artistic vibe and it's really not going nowhere and it's just weird and all over the place. But it's so it comes very natural to me to have a story. Like I I I will, I will, I will constantly be thinking about a concept. Something might just happen and then I can think, okay, what could I cause it? Stasel, for example. Alright. Yes, let's let's so, talk about Stasel. Stasel was influenced by American gangster. It was so Weird to me with Denzel Washington walk up in the middle of the road and shoot the guy in, in the middle of nowhere. Right. Like, you never, you never expect that. Right? And when I just released the other the song, I actually put the song under that thing. Right? I'm saying, why use a concept? Right? And and, and, so, and and the audience should know you produce Stasso as well. Yeah, we produce Stasso, build the rhythm, vice busy, mix the song, all, all the works. Get the artwork covered and all them things. Right? Then now, naturally, as my producer song, I start thinking about the video. I even during recording the song, I think about the video. So, the American gangster click there, influenced me, and I said, alright, I need, me, me like that shock thing, and then I said, um, one call it takes to make some way wipe off a hurt and drop them flat. So, like a gunshot figure right this. Right? <laughs> so, that was, it was actually done for if you look on Busy Signal or my page, when it just released, we put in the gunshot to match that Denzel, Denzel, Denzel Washington clip. And when Busy hear it, when I did the video, Busy said, if you make it stay in the song. Such a small, such a song. small detail, but it like, right. it made the song. It, just, it wasn't supposed to be in the song, but we put it in because I did the, the, the little teaser and I had to put the gunshot to replicate back the effect because after when Denzel Denzel Washington shoot uh, Iglesias, e, e, e the other actor. Um, so from there, it had to go back go in the song. Cause it was impactful. So Busy was the one who said, "Yo, make it stay in it. Make the gunshot stay in it." Mm. In a, in a, in, into it. So no, I have the gunshot in the song. No, I need to do the video. So the video now re reproduce that that part of the video. Then I had to tell a story how it lead up to that. And right. That's how so, 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 so did you? So, uh, okay. <laughs> now we're, we're now we're here in present day. We've seen yeah. it, seen it before, right? Did you right. think of while you were doing Stay So? Did you think of the prequel, or was this an afterthought? It's afterthought because you see the, the, the um, previous we were working with an artist called Chrissy at the time, and we were trying to promote her. So as a little. As a little promotional or cameo appearance, who made her sh uh, shot Zebek? Because at the end of the day, he had to die. Right. Because he can't kill so much people, and then I go to church and I eat that. And you know, you, you report your soul. <laughs> so for 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 a cameo appearance for her, uh, we did create that scene, and this was after the whole video edit and stuff. So we need to add it in. I would play off a scene, okay, make it look like him just a come from church and blah blah blah. And then this girl a jack, him a look on her sexy body and then him shoot her. So from we do that, then it has to be, why is she shooting? So that's where the prequel come from. Right. Interesting. You understand? And then now I did, okay, why is it that color color, the other gang member and them was rival, they were all together in a group and the, you know, they have to create the whole story, and um, I wanted busy to play the detective and stuff. So I had it like like this idea like about two years or a year and a half 
like fully fully the way or or, or it, how it is right now that's how i actually had it uh, you know so and it was actually supposed to be like a love scene between um the two detectives between busy and the other detective but we kind of like cut that out um but yeah and that's that Steso has 38 million views i am yeah. i'm betting that seeing it all before is gonna do about the same thing um yeah, <laughs> and it's a, and and it's on VP strictly the best sixty one. Yeah, that's just adding to it, man. It's it's it's, it's incredible, incredible. Yeah, man. But tell me something. What is your what, what do you think is your next big move? Uh I think my next big move is to. You see this? This is this is the of prequel. I'm seeing it before. Is the beginning of um lot more films with the music i'm trying to i'm trying to kind of like um merge the two in a different way As, uh, the, the difference is the same way like when you see prequel but more upon other levels you know uh, i'm trying to go more storylines because as i said that there's a lot of other like we have a lot of artists and a lot of musicians we have a lot of actors that are being interested in just doing that part right and they are not getting no attention mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i see and i see, see where i can put the two together because i'm a storyteller so i like to tell a story and and, and i want to kind of like venture in that era um stay so i mean um the prequel seen it before is the first one i have one that i'm working on um, with Vibes Cartel and Sikarimes, which is supposed to be similar, not as long and stuff, but storyline orientated. I've been, always been doing this, you know. But it's the first one that I have extensive dialogue and really getting into the whole movie vibes of it. You know, the, the, the soundtrack that you hear in the beginning, actually go on the keyboard and play those soundtracks and put in the sound effects and stuff. It's the first one that I got so detail, like detail in, into it like that. Wow, so, wow, and, wow. I'm thinking of doing like a long series amongst different artists. Like you would have to pick up. I, I, I can't get everything. I don't know about it. I don't know. No, no, I no, no, no. Coming. Hold it down, hold it down, hold it down. They have something. <laughs> they have something special. I come where the world never see it. I'm hope the artists them support it. I'm approach them with the idea. It's really like the artists them because it have to make all the artists them work together in our sense. Right, right. Tell me something, David. So, when you're, this is a question I, I, I like asking my guests. When you're 110 years old and you're sitting down overlooking the ocean in your rocking chair, what is that thing that you'd say, hey, I wanted to accomplish this and I did accomplish it? What is your ultimate goal? So that, honestly, it's something I think about, even though you ask the question, but it's, some, it's all about n- not limiting myself and actually going after whatever I think I wanted to do. I, I would never wanted to reach that age and sit down and say, yo, should I do this? I'm should I do that? Who the one for going to think about that? Well, I would love to sit down and say, boy, yo, I, I did live a full life. I did try everything I wanted to do. I did learn for Bill Arredi. I did learn for be a producer. I learned for do a video. I learned to be a director. I learned for jump out of a plane. I do skydiving. I want to try that. Uh, like, I want to make sure like I have done what I wanted. And also, I think I have a responsibility to, to um, bring message to people. Um, most of my content is always on the positive side. And some of them more on the realistic side because it's at, the, at the end of the day, you have to have the balance of both worlds. So my products would be showing okay the reality of life and also inspiration. 
So um, if me if me change one person's life with my music and make somebody never jump off a roof, that is a big accomplishment to me. That's always one of the motivators. Because sometimes I feel like I'm here for a purpose. Somebody music it touched me. Somebody inspiration touched me. If it make me want to continue that me I'm in this era. What am I doing that is sending out that message to people out there differently? Because not really about the money. I really about the, you know whatever. I used to be on the floor and stuff like that. Thank I'm not on the floor anymore and stuff like that. I'm able to provide for myself from a family and then you start to think about who else they can like pass on a certain type of energy to so they can see that listen you want to have life you have you have you have um the, the possibility of, of doing what you want to do because yeah. i don't think i'm different from anybody else on this earth i just think that i just try to do use the best um, do the best I can with the energy I have, with the strength I have, with the better I have, and, and do what I need to do. Indeed. Now, Damien, this is a segment of the interview I like to call The Planet is Yours. I put on my space suit, I go out into space, and I leave you on the planet alone. Tell the audience whatever it is you want to tell them. Why, just be positive. Um, no matter what it is that I go through, it never lasts forever. There's not one thing in the earth that you, that you are going through that somebody else have not been through. Don't think that what you are going through is the worst thing and they can't come out of it. And we're all connected in one atmosphere. It's just that we just not pay attention. We're all connected. That's why when we create music, we create art, we can feel it, we can connect to it because we're all on the same connectivity. No matter if you are 1% of the, the general population are the 90% are 9.9% 9 .9 of whatever generation we're all connected so don't feel like you're down or out you understand you just have to keep that positive energy we all have the creativity inside of us and plus the destruction too mm -hmm. so pay attention you know just pay attention indeed drop your contacts how can people get in, in contact with you how can we see your videos drop your contacts yeah, so you can follow me at Damien Gale, D-A-M-E-O-N Gale, and you can follow me on Warrior Films at Warrior Films at uh, at, at Warrior Music, and um, my YouTube page, you can find everything, um, it's Warrior Music Production. Once you type in anything in the Google, you'll find me, Damien, once you put in Damien Gale in the Google or in the Instagram, you'll you find me, it's easy to find me, uh, other contacts, the other contacts is also there. It's in my Warrior Music um, website, www.warriormusic.com. So, you just check out. The man himself, Damien Gale. I can't thank you enough for joining me today on the planet. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I don't know. Zebek Nelson is one of Jamaica's top actors. He has his sights set on Hollywood and mainstream TV and film success in the United States and globally. He has already bagged iconic roles in Jamaican music videos and short films. The method actor is definitely a walking study in the art of acting. This is the story, thus far, of the phenomenal Zebek Nelson. He is your favorite actor's favorite actor. I guarantee it. Zebek, welcome to Planet 30. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you, my brother. <laughs> T tell us your name, Zebek. Where does Zebek come from? Okay, so Zebek is actually an acronym ah. for zealously be embracing knowledge. 
I'm a big fan of Malcolm X, and Malcolm X was Malcolm Little, and he says that he is an African, and until he's aware of the information about his ancestors from Africa, where exactly they're from, the tribe, and all of that, the X is for the unknown. Deep. So Zivek is basically my conscious name. Deep, 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 deep. And, yeah. And so this sense of consciousness... You are from mm -hmm. Maypen. Yes. So you did not grow up in the city. So tell us about childhood in Maypen. Uh, well, I mean, I, if anybody knows Jamaica well, they know that Maypen is considered country. So I'm used to the bush. Bush, sorry. I'm, I'm used to nature. Waking up in the morning, I used to pluck chicken, uh, sweep the yard with bush that I break from, like open up the rock, and instead of an actual broom, I used to, like I said, feed the fowls and do the dishes and climb aki tree, guinea tree, coconut tree, drop out, bruise up, and all of that. <laughs> so that <laughs> my childhood was fun growing up. What was what were your first uh, or what was your first exposure to the idea of acting? Okay, so. I've always loved this character from Saved by the Bell called Screech. Right. And I'm always imitating Screech because I'm tall and I always come with the mimicking voice and stuff like that. So my nickname in my community was Screech, still is. Played by, played by Dustin Diamond. Yeah. So when I started high school now, I loved the drama class because drama class was all about entertainment. So on the final test now, the teacher was like, okay, this will not be a written exam. Everyone will have to imitate somebody in the classroom. And without saying that person's name, everyone is supposed to know who that person is. And I was the only one who imitated somebody in the classroom. And everyone knew right off the bat who that person was. So the teacher um, dragged me to the side and he said, I'm going to introduce you to the JCDC, Jamaica Cultural Development Commission, Speech and Drama Film Fest, um, Festival. And when he did that, and I went on stage, I blew everyone away. And from there, I said, you know what? I think acting is my thing. Wow, wow. And so yeah. t t tell me about a little bit about JCDC. What type of impact did that have on your life? Well, it, it gave me my push to art because, like I said, I wanted to do acting. And then after I performed and I saw how everyone responded to my performance, I was like, I'm really good at what I do. So I really need to go further. And because at the time, one of the judges was Glenn Titus Campbell. Mm -hmm. Everyone's supposed to know Glenn Titus Campbell if they're in tune with Jamaican actors. He said to me, keep up the good work and don't stop. So luckily... A few years later, I was passing by center stage and I went there to audition and I saw him and I said, sir, do you remember me? You, you saw me in, in 2008 and, and you, you told me to continue acting. I know I'm here. I'm at center stage workshop and I'm auditioning. I haven't given up on the dream. I'm still passionate about it. And he was like, good. And then he called me a few days later and said, I have a commercial for you. Wow. When I got the commercial, it was for J. Ray and Nephew. And um, when I got that commercial and I saw my face on TV, I said, you know what? Me, I go to Hollywood. I post time now. It's time <laughs> to take on the road. And when I reached downtown Kingston one day, I remember, I realized that my passport never had a visa in it. 
Mm. That's how serious I was because I wasn't thinking about what I needed to go to Hollywood. I was just thinking about a journey to Hollywood. So so I walked from downtown Kingston to, to Crossroad and that's when I, I ended up at center stage and everything happened. And and then when I did that commercial and I got that money, I went to the embassy and we get my visa. Because I go to Hollywood. Right, 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 right. I haven't reached Hollywood as yet, but I'm doing the work to reach Hollywood, but at least I'm in America. So what I did until I got that visa, I said, you know what, I live in the country. And country is basically country. Only three alone grow country. Mm, mm, mm. So I said, you know what, until I can make it to Hollywood, Kingston is my Hollywood, and Maypen is my Jamaica. So I'm always in Kingston working, working. I'm in people's DM. I'm in the street. I'm at various production houses. I'm going on set. I'm trying to network. And that's how I met TV Boss, who who is in this scene before. And he introduced me to Damien Gale. And Damien Gale will tell you, I was a stress in his life. I would call him at least five days a week and say, Bossy, you can act, you know? They can't act. Give me something for dinner. And he was like, brother, listen, I have credit on my phone, so give me a chance to call you. <laughs> <laughs> so let me use up some of my credit, too. And I would call him, call him, call him, nag him, almost block me. And then one day out of the blues, he called me and he said, I have something for you. And I said, okay. When I went on set, he said, okay, so I want you to jump over this wall. I want you to do this. And that was way before he explained, after he explained the entire um, script to me and, and gave it to me. And it was a music video for Escalivi. And then he brought me to the side and he said, my apology, but I never knows you so you did bad. Because I never had any work under my belt to show. Right. So I, I, I couldn't blame him either because word of mouth wasn't cutting it. And then he said to me, listen, is it with your type of acting? Even if I'm putting you in a music video, it can't be like a regular music video. It has to be something that requires like method acting because I realize that you're a method actor and people like you need to be in Hollywood. So as of now, don't worry. I'll work for you. So whenever I work with Damien, it's always like a showdown. It's a movie. Interesting. T- talk to me a little bit about method acting because when when, when you say... That Zbeck is a method actor. I don't think those that don't know, I don't think they uh-huh. quite understand. Obviously, talking to you now, you're a really nice guy. <laughs> but when you see Zbeck on screen as a bad man, <laughs> it is it is hard to separate. <laughs> okay, so that's that's what you call method acting. So method acting is really about characterization. It's about naturalism, realism, and believability. So when, like you said just now, you're talking to me and you get this really nice guy, but when it comes on to acting, it's like a type of astral projection. I totally separate myself from myself to take on this new energy, these characteristics of the character. And that's why I don't even call myself an actor. I call myself a actor. Because, you know, hackers right. hack into whatever and manipulate it. So what I do, I hack into the physical physical of that character in the script and I bring it to life. Indeed you do. And, and let me tell you something. I don't know if I felt energy 
like that mm-hmm. since I probably saw Paul Campbell in um I'm gonna say Dance All Queen. Yeah, it Be- was deadly. Because the deadly Paul Campbell in Dance All Queen I felt was even more deadly than in Shatters. When I, I, s- I, I would agree. When I saw you in mm-hmm. Staso, I said, Who is this dude? <laughs> <laughs> Cause he is next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause when Damien came to me, you know, he was like, I realized that you're crazy when it comes down to expression, and and for me, like, I always spend time, spend a lot of time in front of the mirror, because when I'm on set and and the director says to me, okay, it's your time, and I want this expression or that expression, I'm not seeing myself. So with that said, I have to feel. The expression. So when I'm in front of the mirror and I and I and I set my face a certain way and whatever, I know how it looks and it remains in my head. I mark it in my head. So when I'm on set and the director asks for something, I don't have to like be digging deep to find that expression. I can just right away. I can cry on cue. I can bring that expression right there in the split of seconds, and I just feel it. Because if you ask Damian Gale when we work together, he'll say. Yeah, and I'll say to him, no, let me do that again. And he's like, no, it's good. I'm going say, no, let me do it again. And then I do it, and he say, okay. And I say, no, let me do it again. And then I'll say, that's good. And he's like, you know, say, this one really better than that one because I can feel the performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, did you... feeling it, it's, 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 it's nothing. So Damien said, he was like, yo, I want somebody who is deadly but really have anything to say. Right. I want somebody who's really deadly. You can look at the person and you can tell what's going on with them, but they're not saying a word. So right. that's what I gave him. A silent murderer. Let me ask you this. What what do you prefer? Uh film, you know, on 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 screen or theater? Theater is a challenge, which is which is something I used to do. But film for me. It's, it's, it's more natural because it's method, method acting. For stage, it's like you only have one hour or two hours to stay in that character. You can't move because if you mess up on stage, you totally mess up with film. If you mess up once, you can always do it again. But film, like I said, it's deep. It's a deep level of characterization and internalization. So I would prefer film. But I, I also appreciate and, and respect stage acting. Right, right. For those in the audience that, that, that aren't aware, can you name some of the productions that you've been in, particularly um, on an international, well, those, those productions that went international? Okay, so I did a film, a short film, which is in production right now, and it's also which is in production for a featured film. It's a short film, film called Flight. It's on HBO, it's on Cinemax, it's on Amazon. Um, it also entered the American Black Film Festival. ABFF. Yeah, that's where I met Samuel Jackson and Megan Good and Victoria Rowell from The Young and the Restless, who is now my mentor. Um, I, I, I Flight also won at several film festivals in Cairns, the Grenada, um, Atlanta, and it came first. 
Wow. Outside of that, I also I also did a number of commercials. I did some films that they never gave me credit because I did them and I was just like a extra or a background extra and I don't even remember the names right now. But outside of seeing it before, I've done, you know, the stay so with Disney Signal, I've done Vibes Cartel, Real Youth, um, Charlie Black's Glory to God, Wayne Marshall, um, uh, no, Charlie Black's God is in control and Wayne Marshall, Glory to God, I did Jada Kingdom, Best You Ever Had, I was in that Chronics, Skankin Suite, I'm currently working on something with Damien Gale for Conscience. That's going to be another short film. I've done commercials for Ray and, Nathan, Ray and Nephew, Black Stallion, um, Flo Jamaica. Uh, I've done it. I, 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 mean, I mean, what a resume. What a resume, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember everything. I know I have a film called I Love Anna that's being entered into the Sisters Reel. Uh, so much work. Wow, so wow, work. wow, wow. <laughs> and, and now you are, um, you're writing as well. Yes, because I recently wrote something called Fourth Party. It speaks about how some relationships are nowadays where one person feels as if they're slick by having a, what you call a side girl or a side guy and the other partner feel as if they're being the only person in the relationship but actually everybody has somebody on the side so if there's a if, when you look at it it's actually a poor party love it love it love it love it her other guy from her main man and the main man is hiding her, his girl from the main chick so poor party love it what's mm-hmm. it just just a question what's it like working with a legend like victoria Rao? she's very timely and she's very quick and she doesn't talk much but she works in silence like like um last night for example i was here i haven't heard from her in a while then i got an email saying hey victoria Rao recommended you for this it was an audition and I was like, yo, she did people say anything to me and people are actually reaching out to me. They, they said that they needed the audition five o'clock today and I submitted it like half an hour after I got the email last night. Wow. And just for name dropping, it was for BET. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So awesome. that's how she works. See, she doesn't go out, go out and talk about this and she just works in silence. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, she, no, go ahead. No, she's very motivational, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, and she's going to give you the rope, and she's going to tell you as it is. She doesn't sugarcoat it or anything like that. She tells you as it is. So if you're, um, if you don't have thick skin, she's not the type of person to work with. Mm-hmm. But you know, those mm-hmm. are the best. Those are the shapers. Yeah. And that's what I want, because I don't want to be buttered up and feel like, okay, I did something and it's perfect. No, because you can't be perfect when there's room for perfection. Right, right, right. Yes. A couple of themes I want you to speak to, Zebek. Um, you are a very disciplined and clearly a visionary, because you're in a place now that you probably envisioned 10 years ago. To, yeah. to any aspiring artists that are coming up, 
Um, speak speak about well three things: discipline, faith, and vision. Okay, and you want to look at passion as well, because and without the passion, you don't have any drive. By all means, so you have to be passionate, and if you're not passionate, you're not going to continue because if you're in it for money, the money is not going to come right away. If you're in it for fame, it's not going to come right away. You just have to be passionate, mm-hmm. and with the passion comes the discipline. Because you have to say, okay, even though you're passionate about it, you're not disciplined because you're, you, you, you're just like, okay, you want to take the easy route and, and all of that. You just have to say, okay, you know what? They always say nothing good comes from easy. So how about you just say discipline and stay within this lane and say this is the pathway that I'm going despite of the distraction here, you will detour, but stay on track. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. I forgot about the others you mentioned, sorry. Oh, no, yeah, especially like vision. Okay, so for your vision now, from, for me, my vision was create your plan or build your brand, network, establish yourself, and sign your signature. Signature. Yes, 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 yes. All those aspiring actors out there, listen carefully. And, and you have to be humble you have to be professional because like, okay, for example, when, when a few people reached out to me after I did the Vibes Cartel, really, that, that gave me the first face of dancehall music videos. A lot of people, they look at it like, yo, I want a little ghetto youth. We're talented in dance. So when some people see me in the street, like we would consider public figures and scholars, they started talking to me and they're like, Oh, their expression and the way they they, they they talk to me afterwards, it would be like, oh, he knows English. Like you can see he what's in their head. The business. Yeah, so they just see you as like, and I don't know, it, I don't know if it's a Jamaican thing, but once you are an entertainer from Jamaica, they look at you like, wow, talented, get a youth with dons. I think it's probably a Caribbean thing. <laughs> Until you open your mouth, they're like, oh, Okay, let me let me take a step back and address him properly. People will hear me. Yo, how much how much money you charge for coming on music video, Madan? I'm like, hello, thanks for reaching out. I would perform more formal approach next time. <laughs> and then and then you'll get the respect. Right, right. Because you you, you 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 stop them from the beginning. Because when when you when you give them a pass, you can't come back later and say, hey, I would want. As of now, you start talking to me like that. No, say to them from the beginning, how oh, you want to be seen, you have to start that way. And that's, the way, and, and that's the way industries are built. You have to establish yeah. that respect. Exactly. So don't be afraid to put people in their places. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah. so 38 million views on Staso. Mm-hmm. Has that changed the... Uh, <laughs> Has it changed your life, Eddie? <laughs> it, it has in, in, in many ways because now people are paying me more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting more respect. I'm getting more calls. Um, are you recognized people, in public? Yeah, I mean, even, even I mean, everywhere I've been thus far to the U.S. and parts of Jamaica, well, all over Jamaica, but parts of the U.S., people recognize me. Like, some people don't even know my name. They just know the face. So once they see me, Wagwan family, 
Or they would call me Steso. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have a real name when it comes down to these people. I, I just have the name of the character or a slang or a, or a phrase that was used in Steso. But it's a wonderful thing, man. I mean, the, it's the, a wonderful feeling. You know, the, the the fact that you are recognized, and it's great <laughs> that it was a that it was a Jamaican video that was able yeah. to to, as we say, boss you. You know, exactly because some people it, it's like something, especially as an actor, to go international, especially as an actor in a music video, because when 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 you look at music videos back in the days, like. Actors were just like fillers in music videos. They never got any real roles. It's just like, okay, stand here, pretend to do this and pretend to do that. They never got like dialogues or real acting roles. It was just like, okay, walk with the artists or stand in the background or that. But now you see real storytelling where actors actually have lines. It's like you're not even watching a music video anymore. You're watching a short film and the music is just there to complement the, the 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 film is just like a soundtrack. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. And and you know, <laughs> interestingly enough, Damien is a visionary. I would say, and he's really he giving people a chance to express that side. They know no longer is it just about the music. It's really about mm-hmm. your acting chops, and you can tell. That the quality of the actors in these productions, man, it's it's just it's just amazing what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Because I know actors who I went to acting school with, they're reaching out to me now because that's what they do full time, and they're like, listen, because I don't know if you know, but in Jamaica they really shoot movies. So Damien is actually one of those people who is actually shooting where actors can get a chance to act. So they would reach out to me, hey, I see you in this, I see you in that. Can you can you can you help me at an audition or, or something? I just want to get out there. So Damien is really the one who is opening doors for actors to go international now by shooting music videos in short film format. Right, right. Which is genius, which is great, which is great. Yeah. Because when you look at it, you know, a lot of people don't really have time to be sitting down for two hours or more watching a film no some people just be on their way to work or are just running a quick errand and they're just like okay they just need the phone to occupy their time so they just want to sit down for like three minutes five minutes or less and by the time they get to where they're going it's done so a music video tells a whole 20 year of story within minutes content content that's content what yeah Content, content. And like you said, Damien is a storyteller, so I enjoy working with him because I'm a method actor. And who's who's the better person to tell a story than a method actor? Because you need when when a story is being told, you not only need words, like you need visuals, and that's what Damien brings, right. and that's what I'm about. I'm about um, impressing people and impacting people. Right. And uh-huh. and if you thought Zebek had a great role in Stay So. If you haven't seen it, go and check out Seen It All. So, Zebek, tell us a bit about this new production, Seen It All. It's a um, great song. It's on Strictly the Best 61. Um, tell us about the production, this one versus Stay So. 
Okay, so in regards to the production, I would say this production, seen it before, was a bit more challenging than Stasa because when Stasa was done, it was done in a time when there was no corona. Right. So Damien could just schedule any time, any day, had everyone on set if he wanted. For, for seeing it before, he had to schedule individuals based on a certain time or a certain day. So that was a challenge for him. And then because of the social distancing, like if somebody had to shoot, like say 10, he would be like, okay, you come at 10. And when somebody time is at two, once you're, you started shooting at 10 by say 12, you're done. You have to leave set for the other group of people to come on just to avoid avoid the crowd. And then, you know, the whole masking thing, and then you have to start out the food, and then it driving from one location to the other. So this was more challenging to shoot than Stasel. Wow, wow. I can imagine. I, I personally, I have not been on any set since the beginning <laughs> of COVID. So. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit risky and it's scary because you don't know where the other person is coming from. Right. Who, who's, who spoke to whom? Yeah, and then you have to be on set talking to this person without a mask, and then you have to sanitize your hand and all of that. So it was it was scary, but we happened to accomplish what we accomplished, and I'm pretty sure seeing it before is going to go way further than Stasel. And I'm pretty sure who has never um, seen Stasel, and they look at seeing it before, I'm pretty sure they're going to go back to Stasel just to get the whole story and see how it ties up. Perfect concoction. Business Signal, Damien yeah. Gale, Zbeck, TV Boss, Sean Durant. I mean, it's just a, 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 just, a, just a wonderful concoction. Yeah, because Damien is a genius with the story. Why I said that is because, all right, look at TV Boss. You notice in Stasel, TV Boss was much slimmer. Right. And then in, in seen it before, he has on more weight. So Damien went forward with the story by telling it backwards. Right, right. Because yeah, so when you look at TV boss now, in in in, in seeing it before, um, um, Sean said, "Yo, you need to lose some weight. You can't be a gangster." And then, <laughs> yeah, and then later on, when you look at Stasel, you see TV boss much slimmer. So it's telling you, okay, this happened way before. So TV boss lost weight just to become this slim-looking gangster. Right. That's, that's the best thing Damien could have done in order to keep um the look. And, and explain why the look looks so different. Seeing that seen it before would have been first. Wonderful continuity. Yeah. Indeed. Zebek, <laughs> what is your next big move? I shouldn't be saying this, but <laughs> I can't say, but it's it's a it's a Hollywood production with a very big name. Not the one I just mentioned for BET because I just auditioned for that one. Not sure if I'm going to get a callback, but I'm confident about a callback. But I recently auditioned for something regarding Hollywood and that's going to be the next big thing for Zbeck. And that's all I can say. Because enough said. Not, obligations. Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> no, say no more. Say no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, when you're 105 years old and you're sitting on your rocking chair overlooking the water, what is that one thing that you would say, hey, I wanted to accomplish this and I did accomplish it? What is your ultimate goal, Zbeck? Like what you said earlier, 
he's such a nice guy, but yet set, yet still on set, he's a completely different person. I want to show people that I can be an actor and also be myself. So when you see me on set, that's a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Completely different person. That's what I want, just to know that I impacted people with my style of acting. Because a lot of people in person, they're one person, and on set, they're the same person. Indeed, indeed. I want to. I want to say I'm a method actor and prove that I'm a method actor. Yeah. So when I look back, I can say, yeah, I said I was going to do this and I did that. And I want. I. I just feel like I'm going to be the first person to bring home the Oscar to Jamaica. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Yes. And I'm not going to be. Well, Jamaicans have made it to Hollywood already, but I'm going to be the first. Jamaican actor, not male actor, but Jamaican actor to get a lead role in Hollywood. I had this on record. Yeah. So when- what I want to be on my porch and look back and say, when I made it, I ensured that professional actors out of Jamaica got their fair share of audition. And the reason why I said that is because in Jamaica, when foreigners come to shoot, they reach out to the top-notch, the big people who are responsible for the film industry. And instead of doing an audition for the general public, those people just handpick people. So myself and, and, and fellow actors who go to school just for acting, that's what we want to do full-time. We're discouraged because you don't call us, you call the famous people, the entertainers, the, all of those people to act. And then when international people see productions coming out of Jamaica, they're like, well, these people can't act. Why should I go to Jamaica for actors? So you see the artists as actors, you see the TV and radio personnel as actors, but not actual actors. That's deep. So it's very discouraging for us. It's like, okay, no, nah, nah, I'm not acting anymore. I might just find a regular nine to five. So I want to make sure that actors are given acting roles. And they, they go for main actors sometimes, like real actors, and put us in the background and use public figures as the lead. Mm, 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 but thanks mm. for Damien, because Damien could have used somebody who was famous, but he saw something different, and he trusted what he saw, and he put me on the front line, and, and I impressed, and I impacted and, and that's why he continued to work with me. So that's what I want to do. Damien will tell you, a number of people who were on set were recommended by me because I want to see real actors on set. As you should. Real actors, people who actually studied acting. Mm. As you that's should. That's the reason why Damien production looks so good because he goes for actors, not people who can act because it's one thing to look the part but it's another thing to can play the part right right you don't need fillers you need actual performers you need people who can characterize who can bring characters to life to make you say is that person acting or that person is a natural because when it comes down to acting i don't play the character i am the character yes you are yeah, and that's why people believe it because if you're playing the character, you're not playing, you're being ambiguous. But if you are the character, you're playing specific. Because right. when you look at it like this, 
if if you're a drunk, a drunk person, right? If you were to play a drunk person, you're going to want to um walk crookedly and and speak with a slur. That's what you're doing as an actor. But a drunk person actually tries to walk straight and speak properly. So instead of trying to act or be a drunk, be the drunk. So that way you're trying to walk straight and you're trying to speak properly. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And that's where characterization comes in. And you can't have characterization without understanding the character's purpose in the story. Context. Yeah. If you don't understand that, you don't know what you're doing. You're basically acting. And if you're acting, you're not going to be natural. Gems, gems, gems from Zebek. Yeah. Listen well, actors, listen well. Zebek, this is a portion yeah. of the interview I call The Planet is Yours. I strap on my spacesuit, I jump out into the atmosphere, and I leave you <laughs> on the planet alone. <laughs> say whatever it is you want to say to the audience. Okay, if you've never seen it before, you need to go and see it. Busy Signal, seen it before, head over to YouTube and watch it. Please leave your comment, share it with all of your friends. You can watch it with your family. It's rated G. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Z-B-E-K underscore underscore. That's Z-B-E-K. Some people say Z, some people say Z. It's Z or Z. B E K underscore underscore at Instagram. Zbeck. Ah, uh, yeah. Basically, that's it. I'm a man of little words. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. The contact was my last question, but you already fulfilled that. Um, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this has been Zbeck. Look out for him in Hollywood. This, I'm telling you, not because I'm doing this interview with you. This is the man. That is going to take home that Oscar for the Caribbean. Yes. Yes. The Oscar, the Emmy, the, the other awards. The Golden Globe. <laughs> yes. The People's People Choice. People start looking into the Caribbean for actors now. Real actors. Indeed. Yeah. Zbeck, I can't thank, thank you, you enough. For and we need to put that word out there. <laughs> of course. We're going to have to do this another time again. Because I know this. Whenever you're ready. I'm I know ready that you're going to have more stuff coming. Yeah, but whenever you're ready, just let me know and I'll be available. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you too. Have a better day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet30. Our email address is OnPlanet30 at gmail.com. That's O-N-P-L-A-N-E-T. T-H-I-R-T-Y at gmail.com For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, planet30.com That's P-L-A-N-E-T T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com I am Crispin Brooks. And this is Planet 30.